John 16, 13. How be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Amen. Amen. For he shall not speak of himself. Whatever he shall hear, he shall speak. Amen. Amen. So the first thing that the anointing does is it guides you into truth. Number two, John 14, 26. The father, which is the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom my father will send, he shall teach you. Amen. So that's the second effect of the anointing is to teach you. And the third thing you can say about the anointing is in Isaiah 11, 2. It says that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. What do you think? Is it powerful? So, three things that happen when you are anointed. I don't know what you are writing. I, I, I don't think you should write. I think you should listen. You understand? There's nothing to write. I'm just reading verses that you know. Alright? The, the first thing that happens is that when the spirit of truth comes, he will teach you. Okay? So, when you are being anointed, you are getting the truth, knowledge. Amen. Amen. What do you think? Okay? So how many want to receive the anointing to do things? Yeah. So that anointing is truth. Teaching. When the Holy Spirit comes, he teaches. Amen. Amen. Teaches. I'm telling you. Teaches. Okay? Truth is the spirit of knowledge. Spirit of knowledge is about facts and truth. That's the spirit of knowledge. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. So, when the comforter whom he will send comes, he shall teach you. Okay? So, the more you expose yourself to the anointing, the more you are being taught things. Amen. Amen. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he guides you to the truth. Okay? Because one of the great information, one of the great things of the spirit of of the anointing is the spirit of knowledge. Amen. Amen. Now, when it says the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, which is the spirit of Jesus. Amen. And the spirit of wisdom, which is how to do things. How to, or what should we do? Amen. Amen. And the spirit of wisdom, one of the great keys of the spirit of wisdom is history. History is the spirit of wisdom. Amen. Amen. Spirit of wisdom what to do is the spirit of history. Amen. Why do I say that? What should be done? What's going to happen? Is what has happened. Mm. So to know what to do is to know what has happened before. And so the spirit of wisdom, which is what to do, is the spirit of history. You understand? History is the spirit of wisdom. 
Hmm? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. When my father-in-law, years ago, when there were certain things happening, the government and so on, when he saw them, he was not impressed. Because he has seen all these before. He said, this one, he will do this. This one, he will do this. And it was all true. And it happened exactly as he said. Yeah, because he had lived through certain things. Had seen this, saw that, and saw that. So when a new one comes, you know what he's going to do. And so you know what to do. So the spirit of wisdom is the spirit of history. I mean, one of the, there are about three, but one of them is history. Are you with me? That is why anyone who wants to be, let's say, a head of state, or you become a president or whatever, you study history. History tells you what to do. Obama, what he's doing today, is what Roosevelt and others who were there earlier, did after the Great Depression. That's what brought him into power. He came into power at the same, Roosevelt came into power at the same time, the same kind of conditions that Obama came into power at the Great Depression, when the banks collapsed and everything collapsed, the credit can and he started, what he did was to create a massive project in the country that would employ 4 million people or 2 million people, 4 million people in one day. Projects, dams, building, whatever. Which is exactly what Obama has done to overcome it. So, the spirit of wisdom, what to do, is the spirit of history. (laughs) So, you wonder, how does Obama know what to do? He's he's read history. (laughs) Because what brought somebody like Hitler into power, right, was the collapse of all the banks. In Germany, they woke up on a, one day in the morning and all the banks had collapsed in the same day in the morning. And that's what happened. That's what wanted to happen. That's why all the countries stepped in to protect their banks and to save their banks. So, what do you do is what was done. And what you don't do is what was done that they didn't work. Mm-hmm. So, that is why biographies Reading of biographies, what men of God did, what happened to other churches, what happened to other ministries, what happened to people just like you, what happened to other missionaries, how did it become, what happened? Do you get it? It's very important. Uh huh. So when, when you are receiving the anointing, you find out that you are reading and you are discovering. That's why you see a person who doesn't read much. It's not, he, he, it's not that he's not inte- intelligent or he's not anointed. Yeah. He's not anointed. I'm telling you, literally, that's the real anointing. When you talk of what you can accomplish by the power of God, God himself, God himself ministers. So that's why we read the Bible with the stories. In fact, the Israelites are one of the only nations who have such detailed history. The history of their nation and of their dealings with God is recorded for us to see the things that made God angry. And what God said he would do to them because of the things that they did. And all the kings of Israel, only David and one other, one or two others 
ever served only Jehovah. All of them served Jehovah and other gods. All these historical things reveal to us what is going to happen. So the spirit of wisdom, very, very, very important. You know, and so when you talk about somebody becoming anointed, you are talking about the person becoming filled with wisdom. In other words, what to do? What to do? What to do? And what to do comes from what was done. Bible says, is there anything whereof it may be said, this is new? It's not true. There is nothing. I'm not doing anything new. I am not doing anything. There is nothing that I'm doing or saying that is new. (laughs) So when we sit there, like people who cannot read, you get it. And just do not read. It reveals a gross lack of anointing. That's why I will not lay hands on you at this meeting. I will not. I will not. I want to know what's real. Look at me. Say that I have no power. And show me your churches. I'll show you my churches. Books. Invitations. Miracles. I'll show you. Say I'm not anointed. I don't have power. Come, let's, let's compare. Come, see now, let's talk. You show me your power. You, you, you lay hands and three people fall down in the classroom. You say you are anointed. Come, let's discuss and see who is powerful in the world, in this world today. Who can say to one, come and he come and to another, go and he go. Come and let's discuss. Let's compare our, our lives. Yeah. Come, you say, you say I'm, I'm not anointed. Come, let's talk. I'll will, I will send a text right now. Somebody will leave America. Somebody will leave America tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, I'll send a text now. Let's, let's see who you can move from anywhere. I'll send a text. Yeah. And we see who is powerful here. So, I will not lay hands on you. I will not. I will not. I will, I will just preach to you the wisdom. Spirit of wisdom. Amen. Amen. And the spirit of counsel, the next one. I don't know what you are writing. In Isaiah, advice upon advice upon advice is given to you. Advice upon advice upon advice. But we don't take it. Counsel. We had a camp the other time with Julian. He was going to buy a bus. We were there and I said, don't buy the bus. Why? Me, Doug, I've had a hiring car before. I've had a taxi before. I've had an, have I had an Evan before? Because I was going to buy an Evan. I didn't buy it. Are you sure I didn't buy it? I have had an, I have had a taxi before, yellow and whatever, with my name on it. Like what no PO box, this is right on the side. <laughs> they have they have the address of the owner. <laughs> the address of the owner. <laughs> I've had one before. I've had a hiring car before. 
I've had a cheaper truck before. And you will never notice certain things till it applies to you. If, for instance, you are going to have a car and the, or you get a car or you are going to get a car and that, you notice all that same car in town that before you don't notice it. Before you don't notice that car. But when you get, then you notice all that car in town. So, so, what am I even telling you? So, I, I was driving, I was driving one day behind a car. And I saw they had written on it, pray for transport owners. <laughs> pray for transport owners. And I saw and I said, hey! most people don't understand what they are preaching at the back of this car. Because I was a transport owner. <laughs> yeah. So, counsel. We gave him counsel based on experience. It doesn't, it doesn't, you see, that's why I say that. A person who is advised and can receive their advice as if he, he himself has no brains. It's one of the most anointed. You may call the person a zombie, a yes man, yes woman, any name that you want, but that person is more anointed than you. I'm telling you, he's more anointed than you. Fuck! <laughs> that's why I won't, I won't lay hands on you. He, he, he who can receive advice is far more anointed than you. <laughs> yeah. Just a one piece of advice. Do this. That person is heavily anointed. Yes, we see the spirit of counsel. Yeah. It's true. Solomon, God, his father gave him advice. You see this man, when you were a little boy, this is what he did to me. Kill him. I mean, there is no sense in you coming. You see an elderly man walking, Joab, an old man. Great, hey, old man in his house. And your father tells you that. When you were a little boy, when I was carrying you, I was taking you to hospital up and down. This is what he did to me. Don't let him die naturally. This is my instruction to you. Do not die a natural death killing. And this guy, when I was coming by, he cursed me. Deal with him. This was the advice. He received the spirit of God. And he was heavily anointed by God. Heavily. You say you are anointed. Come and let's see what is power and authority. And we'll see who, who is anointed. Who has authority. Yeah. So you see a whole lot of people they cannot. When you tell them do this, they pass that thing through a thousand filters. And then the commonest uh, response of a person without the anointing is you don't understand. You see, over here, you see, in here, in which your country, you see, in this and this, you see, you are, let me explain to you. You see, our people, the people, you see, explain, you don't understand. That's a person with a spirit of foolishness. They are the opposite of anointing. I'm telling you. You see, you don't understand. Over here, you see, our people, you see, huh, over here, this, this, this. That is a commonest sign 
of a de-anointed person. Lack of anointing. In your particular case, which I don't understand, because it was another era, and you see in your time, and you see in Accra, and you see in Ghana, but over here, but you see this and that. A thousand reasons why it cannot be. You see? You see that? That's it. You cannot receive it. A spirit, another spirit. And it is not even, you, you, you have no oil on your head. Yeah. I don't want to lie to you. So you watch people. My father-in-law, I was traveling abroad and I had a tipper track. And when I was traveling, before he traveled, he asked, before I traveled, he asked me, what are you going to do with your track? And I said, I'm going to, um, it will work because I need a lot of money. And he advised me, he said, no, pack it. Even you can pack it at Ringway. He showed me where I could pack it. When I come, when I pack it again, and I said, no, 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 you don't understand. You see, I, told him, I have, I have, I have somebody. I have somebody. In our church. In our church. You, you, you didn't have that church. But our church is called Lighthouse. You had Methodists. You have Methodists. We have Lighthouse. And you don't understand. We have people. Yes. We are loyal. So. I put the track to work. And. Bishop Saki was the manager. He was that overall supervisor. <laughs> By when I came back, I was so excited. And then I think either at the airport or so I asked him, I said, my son was born. What is the situation? How much do I have? He said, oh, there were some problems. <laughs> when they went through the whole account with me, I was owing millions. And when I was leaving, I wasn't owing even one CD. The car has worked. And I am now deeply in debt. And all the money that I got from abroad, I was coming to use it to pay all those debts. But you see, I would have gone higher if I had listened to the old man who has had so many tracks, articulators with white men. White men used to work for him. White men were his engineers. He had so many tracks that at the end of his age, of his whatever, a cheaper track used to take his children to school. And the tipper track drops them at school. Yeah, and picks them in a tipper track. <laughs> this is an experienced man. 
who has the spirit of history. And he's telling you that, pack the truck. But no, I will not pack it. Because you don't understand. In my situation, I have this and I have that. Recently, I met the manager, the guy in the church who I gave the truck to. I met him in America. When I saw myself, hey! all that I could remember was the truck. When I saw his face, I said, you, how I have struggled with you over my truck. <laughs> yeah. A driver and, a, and that guy. So, spirit of counsel. And then, spirit of what? Might. Strength. Amen. Strength. We need strength. So that when you receive the anointing, you receive strength. Amen. Even physical strength is very much related to the anointing. Yeah. When you are tired, the anointing, you know, I've noticed. If I'm tired, I cannot flow. You get it? Yeah. That is why I would like give somebody counsel and tell the person, play golf. Sometimes when people see us playing golf, they think that we are rich, rich old men playing golf. Your mouth like a rich, your mouth like tomato. Say so we are rich old men. As you are thinking those thoughts, I've given you advice. But you rather have other thoughts in your mind. Not knowing that most Ghanaians, Ghanaian men, we, we grow old with our pot bellies. If we were in the world, we'd see that the whole person, the whole person is deteriorating, changing. Changing right before your eyes. See, a young person, you'll be surprised to know how many heads here have either been dyed or the hair has been removed. There is no more strength. Yeah. And then the spirit of knowledge. Have I done the spirit of understanding? Spirit of understanding. Science. Why? The spirit of economics. Why? History also. Not even history is more of what to do. But you see, there's a lot of why? Why is this like this? 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 Yes. Why? What's the reason? That's what we call perspicacity. Perspicacity. An ability to, to detect things, to know things quickly, to detect things and see the differences, the reasons. It's what we call perspicacity. Being astute, able to learn quickly things that are to your benefit. You get it. 
Yeah. So, brothers and sisters, the spirit of understanding. And that's why education eh, will never, never harm anybody who claims he wants to be anointed. Because understanding. Now, I am rather learning more history than ever before. Yeah. I don't know why I did not study history in school. I did not. And now, history, even secular history, is greatly important to me. As I look at our nation, I can see, whenever I see certain governments doing certain things, I know for sure how hopeless it is. It will never work. What are the main things that we eat in Ghana? Corn. I mean, kenke. From, cake, from corn. Kenke. And what? Banku. Cocoa. And Ghana imports 120,000 tons of maize every year. You get it? Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Then the spirit of knowledge. And then, which is the facts, the truth. And then the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So, this is the anointing. Amen. That's the anointing. He, when he comes, he will guide you to truth. He will teach you. Amen. So, the more we are subject to teaching and to truth, and that's why I said that it discouraged me that the people who are bishops elect and pastors who teach these same materials could not see readily this is that. But perhaps it was an important exercise for me because it's also an important revelation for me. Because I stopped preaching about leadership because I felt that I was always criticizing the government. And I don't want to criticize the government. But every example that can help you to understand is an example from around us. From the type of leadership that we have had all these years. Do you understand? That made me stop talking about it. Or giving the example. Because you get the impression that a person is just speaking against or even wants to make a revolution. I'm not interested in a revolution. And I don't want to criticize the government. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, the effect of the anointing when a person has it is it affects the different areas that you are trying to understand or grow up in. Amen. Amen. So now let us take the different areas that a person like you needs the anointing for. Amen. Which is the truth. You need the truth. You need the understanding, knowledge, counsel, advice. You need it. Isn't it true? Amen. So the first area, number one, is church growth. Alright. You need church growth. Your church must grow. Amen. Amen. And your church must grow. Peter, are you feeling sleepy? Okay. Your church must grow. If you are feeling sleepy, just go out. 
Okay? Your church must grow. Amen? And you need the spirit of um, the Lord. Amen? Amen? So the anointing, all right, is acquiring, number one, the spirit of wisdom for your church to grow. Amen? Or wisdom for church to grow. And wisdom is what? History. Spirit of history. Now, so spirit of history will also reveal to you what will happen. (laughs) Yeah. That is why everywhere where a church, there are big churches, there can be another big church. Because history shows that big churches are possible here. So that is why where there's a, a, a city with a big church or big churches, usually it is showing that this is a place where big churches can be built. Yeah. You understand? So where you have seven big churches, yours can be the eighth. Now, where you see, like in Ghana, the largest church and most successful, probably after Methodist and all those, is something like Pentecost. And Pentecost is successful through branches. You understand? So it also, which is church planting, grows through that way. It also guides you for your church to grow is by these small, small, small churches having a lot of them. That that is what is going to work. You understand? Because it's like, what what will work? Because sometimes we want to know what is going to work. What will work? Or what will not work? Or you don't get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you need wisdom. In other words, what to do for church growth. That is when when you become anointed. When you have the wisdom. When you know what to do. But many of us don't know what to do. So may you know what to do in your area. Amen. Amen. And then, understanding for the church growth. You see, and this again, alright, the spirit of understanding is the spirit of um, science, economics, sociology, philosophy, history in a way, but history more gives guidance. The best thing you can get from history is guidance. It will happen again. It's just so clear. If Bishop Saki's wife died, it's history. But it's revealing tomorrow. Somebody's wife will die. Somebody's husband will die. It's history. That which shall be is that which has been. You don't believe it, you see? Yeah. That's, that is, that is, the best thing you can get out of history is to know the future. And I can show you more verses on that. Amen. Amen. Or you don't get it? Let me, let me show you a verse. In Isaiah 41.
verse 21, Isaiah 41, 21. It said, present your case, the Lord says. Are you there? Bring forth your strong arguments, the king of Jacob says. Are you there? Let them bring forth and declare to us what is going to take place. Okay? As for the former events, are you there? Declare what they were. In other words, explain what it was. When something happens, explain what is, what is it. That we may consider them and know what? The latter end. What does the King James say? The latter end. American says their outcome. Or announce to us what is coming. Amen. Amen. Announce to us what is coming. You get it? Declare the things that are going to come afterwards. Amen. Verse 23. That we may know that you are God's. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. So you see, over here, he's trying to tell us, all right, let them bring them forth. Verse 22. Show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things. What they be. That we may consider them and know the latter end of them. We will know the latter end of that thing which has happened. Or declare for us things that are to come. So this is another powerful scripture that shows you that the future is simply the past. And those of you who read books, you will see he has written a book called Shadows of Things to Come. Shadows of Things to Come means it is a foretelling of what is to come. And the book is about history of the church. It's a shadow or a prophecy or a prediction of the future of things to come. Amen? Are you listening to me? Yeah. So brothers and sisters, the spirit of what? Understanding why eh? why the church cannot grow. Why it can grow. Why it will grow. Why it grows. Why it grew. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've been studying how rich countries became rich. And why poor countries stay poor. Because when you understand the why, you can know that for a thousand years, if the governments continue to do what they are doing, we will never, 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 never change. We will never be rich. Because no one ever became rich in this way. Because having goats, having goats in Mongolia, looking after goats in Mongolia, if Bill Gates was heading goats, he was a shepherd, following some goats in Mongolia, he would not become a billionaire. Even no matter the technological development that he may use whilst he's heading those goats in Mongolia. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. (laughs) He cannot. So it shows you, it is the activity that you are doing. There is something wrong with it. Now, no one has ever become rich by herding goats 
or rearing pigs or uh, growing maize. No one has ever been become rich, ever. Historically. You see. And then you, you will also understand it. Even in our own lives. Somebody who weeds the grass. And somebody who, who writes uh, prescriptions. The activities are different. Weeding the lawn outside. And writing prescriptions for people to go and buy medicine in a clinic. They are two different activities. No matter the technological... Robert, home, out. No matter the technological changes... That's just go and rest, please, and do your work. You know why you are here. Then no matter the technological changes that you bring to bear on rearing cassava, pigs, will not change much. Or, or you don't get what I'm trying to say. It will not change much. So, you, so that's what I'm talking about. Why? Why would the church not grow no matter what you do over here? That's why sometimes we start a brand. Because this one, it will never grow. There are churches that cannot grow. It will never work. There is a reason why it will not work. So that's why sometimes you have to understand, you have to read more. Why a church may not grow. One time I met a great man of God in Accra. He told me that you have broken all the conventions and so on. I said, why? He said, oh, where are your churches? At Kolegono. It should not have grown. <laughs> That's what he told me. He has a big church in Accra. Very, very big church. And his church was bigger ahead of us. And he said, your church should not have grown. But it grew. He said, you have broken all the whatever rules and so on. Do you see? So, there are things, there are reasons why things don't have work, and there are reasons why they work. So you, you've got to understand it. So that's why when you see a government say, we are going to invest more in agriculture because 70% of Ghanaians are farmers. You see, if Bill Gates had been herding goats in Mongolia up till today, he would not have become, no matter how intelligent he was. Yeah. Because the activity is not an activity that can work in terms of generating of wealth. Even that we do not do enough to feed ourselves before it will even become a source of income. And if you, have, you should have heard them say, yes, Ghana is going to become a net exporter of food. Net exporter of food. Net exporter of food. That's a net, we are going to become a net exporter of food. I said, look at this. It's too fantastic. So, knowledge, amen, Amen. for church growth, understanding, advice. Am I going backward or forward? Knowledge about church growth. There was a man's book that I used to read, Schaefer. Is he called Schaefer? About church growth. Yeah. Why do you think we are reading these books? He has so many things that make big church growth. Car park. Size of children's church, this, this, different things, colors, what have you. So many things. It's a spirit of understanding. That's what it is. I can let you know that your church, it cannot work. <laughs> you, you will even understand it. Not that God is against you, but you will understand that this thing cannot work in that way. That's what I'm saying to you that look, 
If you don't want to read all that I'm teaching you, I didn't learn it in school. I learned it after school when I started becoming a pastor. And I started reading. If you don't want to read, do you understand? Then you have to benefit in your life to the level of what you want. But you you cannot redistribute what is coming to me, to you. (laughs) Who doesn't want to read? It's not fair to take what belongs to Bishop Eddie and redistribute it amongst all of you. Because you don't want to read. But he wants to read. I have watched Bishop Eddie over the years. He has, there are certain things that he has done. I will call it C and U tense. To be where he is today. That I've, I've actually seen it. I can see this one, he changed this to this. This one, he changed this to this. This one, he changed. But you see people, you advise them. Change this to this. Do this. They don't want to do it. And they don't change. They don't change. They don't even see what you are saying. They don't even see it. I mean, you say they don't even accept it. <laughs> they, don't even, they can't even see what you are saying. They can't even, even understand. I mean, they don't even agree with you. They never agree. It's fantastic. You get it? Are you listening to me? Yeah. So what I am trying to explain to you is that why should I take Big Daddy's wealth which has come to him through his diligence and hard work and sowing of seeds to understand certain things. Well, you don't bother at all. And what, what has come to us, you take it and then redistribute it to everybody. Uh, that is also injustice. That's also not the anointing. Amen? Are you listening? Yeah. The Lord's pattern and then the fear of God for church growth. Amen. The next area that you need to be anointed for, amen, is leadership. Amen. Leadership. All right. Wisdom to lead, which is the history. Amen. Amen. What did somebody successfully do to lead a group of people who could turn against him, but he was able to lead them? What is it? Amen. Amen. Historically, because wisdom is history. Understanding is science. Economics. The science of money is economics. The science of wealth creation is economics and history and so on. Do you get it? It's all a form of science. The study of even nature is part of science. Do you get it? Yeah. I have taken my time to study snakes. Diligently. Watching them. Studying them. Learning them. About them. How they behave. What they do. Why? Because Jesus said, be wise as serpents. And I've taken my time to study snake. You have not taken your time to study a snake. To understand what a snake is and what it is doing. And you want to take from the wisdom, the wealth that has created for me, for me to distribute it to those who don't care. Whether a snake is wise or is a fool, I don't like them. And that's it. Is it fair? 
It's not fair. It's not right. Amen? Are you listening to me? Yeah. So you must allow those who want to break forth to do what? To break forth. Become who you can become. And we must remove all barriers and hedges that do not allow us to become who you can become. Yeah. That is why I set up a dynasty lighthouse. Dynasty means uh, uh, family lighthouse. It's family. And I said to Pastor Kakra, become who you can become. I said it. Anybody who is against is against me. Anybody who is against that thing is against me personally. I'll tell you that. You go against even in your mind. Your mind is against me. Yeah. Telling you. I said that he didn't ask for it. I gave it to him. I said, become what you can become. Yeah. Don't be jealous. You also become who you can become. Yeah. Look. (laughs) We are tired of people who don't want to learn anything, who want to eat what others have learned and others are struggling to do. We just want them to share it. No, it's not like that. It cannot be like that. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, wisdom. <coughs> why? How? How did it be? That's why I watch Benny Hinn. Old tapes. I don't watch Benny Hinn now. I, you will never see me put on a television to watch Benny Hinn. Today, this is your day. I'm not interested in how, what is, this is, you, what is your day today. I don't want today. I want the past days. I want the old days. The old days will tell me much more. It will show me how you can become a worldwide evangelist. That's what can show me. I don't want you what we are doing today. What you are doing today does not give me that wisdom. <laughs> it does not. I don't want Methodist Church of today. I want John Wesley of old. That one will show me what is really how is Methodist Church became a worldwide church. Yeah, that is why when the first shuffling conference we had, it was about John Wesley. Yeah. So wisdom, understanding. Because you may see somebody doing something, you may not understand why he is doing it. <laughs> why, why, why is he doing that? Why? If I'm having a camp, why do I have a camp? Why do I have a camp and not have a convention? You don't understand. You see, you may, you may follow the pattern, but you don't understand why I'm, I'm having a camp, but I'm not having a convention. Why I have a camp with 30 people rather than having a camp with 800 people attending and be able to raise 10,000 or 20,000 pounds? Why? You may not understand. Because you're understanding your, your latitude of swing, intellectual swing, is very limited. When the swing is going, just gets here. It cannot go like this all the way to the end. So understanding why is a very, very key thing that can help you even in your guidance. Because when you understand, when there must be a variation from what has happened in history, you will know I must vary at this point. 
But when you don't understand, you will follow blindly and in the day that you're supposed to shift it in a day where it applies to you that yes, in this circumstance, don't do this. Because you didn't understand it deeply. You just went and said, well, this is what Bishop does, so this is what I'm doing. One day somebody invited me for a camp. I said, how many people are in your church? He said, 40. I said, what, what am I going, what camp am I going to have? For missionaries, for days, for that? I said, missionaries out of the 40 members. Let me tell you something. What you need is church growth, not camp. You, see, you must understand, why are we having the camp? The camp is not... Well, I'm having a camp all out. You must die for God. The 40 people will be left with 10 by the time I finish that camp. <laughs> yeah. When I have that kind of camp, the 40 will be left with 10. And what are we going to do next? So you, you, you even though the Wisdom is telling you what he did, what they did, whoever succeeded, what the person did. Understanding will help you know why he's doing what he did and why what he did was successful. And that is why you also need the spirit of understanding because it's true that you follow somebody, but there are times you don't have to follow the person. Ah. One day I was doing something, I advised some people, I said, don't do what I'm doing. Don't do what I'm doing. I will never advise you to do what I'm doing. <laughs> I will never advise you to do what I'm doing. If you do what I'm doing, you are a fool. You will destroy yourself. Yeah. There are things that I do. I only advise you to do them. You don't know. It's because you don't have understanding. Yeah? So you need not only to know what is wisdom, but you need to understand what is going on? Yeah. And what again? Advice for leadership. Amen? As for advice, there's got a lot of enemies. Especially phlegmatism. I'm going to share with you destroyers of ministry, including one of the destroyers of ministry is phlegmatism. Phlegmatism is one of the destroyers and killers of ministry. It kills ministries. Things that would have happened do not happen because of phlegmatism. Phlegmatize the whole thing and just be there with various reasons like that, as that nothing will happen again. Never moving, never changing, never understanding, never yielding. Just there. Phlegmatism. Killers of ministry. Counsel can fall on a phlegmatic mind and attitude. Put it there. It will never move. You can bring a shower, hot water, everything to the world. Yeah. I will be there. It's true. There are many churches, if you don't want to work, put a phlegmatic in charge of it. Yeah? It will spoil it for you. 
Do you think that? You see, when somebody says something, the nicest people to relate with are phlegmatics. The nicest, and it's true. How can it be that God made somebody nice? The rest of us are evil. Uh, that means that the evil in the phlegmatic is hidden and it's as terrible as the evil in anybody else and probably more deadly because you cannot see it you think you are better than me because I'm choleric and you are the pleasantino and because you are phlegmatic everybody is your friend everybody likes you you never offend anybody you never speak sharply you never say something that is offensive. So everybody likes you. Everybody is your friend because you are the phlegmatic. Coolly flowing along with everything. Never sh- ruffling the feathers. Never upsetting the, the boat. So the friend of all. The peacemaker. The one who flows coolly. How can it be that you were created good and we were created evil? <laughs> How can it be that God selected some people and made them angels? While the rest of us were not created with such temperament and were made into evil beings, it cannot be true. The same quantity of evil is in the phlegmatic, pleasant, cool person that is flowing along. And that evil is even more dangerous. Because it is not identified easily and clearly. You see, it's spoiling the church, but you can't see that it's spoiling the church. It's killing me softly, but you can't see that it's killing me softly. Sing it, killing me softly. Lifting my pain on his shoulders <laughs> and washing my heart with his blood, changing my whole life with his word, changing my whole life, <laughs> <laughs> strumming my pain with his finger. Feeling my life with his love Killing me softly with his love Killing me softly Killing me softly, softly With his song My whole life With his word Killing me is killing you but it's killing you softly softly but it's killing the whole church it's killing the ministry spoiling it aborting it finishing it off but it's happening sing it again strumming my pain strumming my pain and the church is in pain but you are just like 
Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with his song Changing my whole life Changing the whole face of the ministry his words Killing me softly with his song Yeah! Okay! Slowly, slowly, but the church is dying. The ministry is finishing. Nothing is happening. We are not moving on. It's happening. But meanwhile, you are the friend of all. You are the flowing brother who doesn't get annoyed about anything. Flowing sister. Friend of everybody. No one is ever annoyed with you. Peacemaker. But you are killing us. Killing my life with his love. <laughs> Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly. The guy has been killed before. That's why he wrote that song. song. Changing my whole life with his words. Killing me softly with his song. Come on! How strumming my pain with his fingers, changing my life with his words. Yeah, it's not a disco. Killing me softly with his song, killing me softly with his song, changing my whole life with his words, killing. Some people are calling for light to be turned off. leadership yeah the lord's style the lord's method bible says and he said to them follow me and 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 immediately they followed him and immediately immediately not softly coolly i mean gradually gradually spoiling the whole thing gradually and immediately they followed him immediately they left their boats and they left their father immediately if you like, look and see. Everything that is not done immediately is not done. Look at it carefully and see. If it's not done immediately, it's not done. If it's not done immediately, it's not done. Watch and see the things which are not done immediately. And you see most of the time, they are not done. The Lord's style. The fear of God in leadership. Amen. Are you listening? Okay. So gradually, we are getting the anointing. Is that no?
Alright. Preaching. You need anointing for preaching. That means you need wisdom on how to preach. Amen. Amen. How to preach. One of the most famous uh, one day I was reading a history book about a, a pastor and I saw, when I read he, he read he said that he was a normal pastor or normal preacher or normal Christian. He went to a church and he, he saw a pastor preaching from a particular verse. And the person's message he was so charged by it. He had never heard. It was quite a, a simple verse, but an unusual revelation. I decided also to preach from that. Historically, I saw that it had changed lives. Yeah. It is the message that has been the most productive and fruitful message I've ever preached when I started to preach it. Hmm? And that's all I'll say. (laughs) Historically, what to do? Amen. What to do is what has been done. That worked. And what not to do is what, what was done that didn't work. Don't do that thing. It's true. It's true. Amen. Why do you think I am studying Napoleon? By the age of 26, he was a general in the army and became the, yeah, Napoleon, 26. 26 years old. Became, he was a general and became the commander of France. Either at the age of 20, so just after that. But by the 26, he was general. Supreme. Why do you think I'll study that? Because what happened is what will happen. And how it ended is how it will end. And he himself, he was a great student of history. And one of the people that he was greatly studying was Alexander the Great. And his life followed a similar pattern. And when Hitler was invading Russia, the main thing that was on their mind was Napoleon. Because that is what Napoleon did. That was the same mistake that he made. The same mistake Hitler made. The same thing that caused Hitler. (laughs) What didn't work for for Napoleon did not work for Hitler. You get it? So brothers and sisters, there's a lot to learn. How many realize that there's a lot to learn? Are you realizing that there's a lot to learn? You must learn. You must read. You must watch. You must study. And you see, studying is sometimes can be laborious without understanding what is the relevance of what I'm learning. 
Yeah. And I learned it from Rick Joyner. He said that before he was able to become the prophet that he, he is, he had to study history for years. He said laborious, painstaking study of history to know what happened, what happened, what happened, what happened. Before he became the prophet that he is, that we see him today. Yeah. Since then, and he said history is the, the original meaning of history was his story. The story of Christ. History. His story. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, history is a very, 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 very important thing. It will guide us. It will help us to know what's going to happen in West Africa. I would say that I'm even surprised that there's no war in Ghana today. Why? Because I just look at the history. From Liberia to Sierra Leone to Ivory Coast. The next place should have been Ghana. So when I heard that there were rebels coming to Ghana, I said, hey, is it happening? Do you see? But perhaps in the story of history or in the progression of information, we we have not at a certain point where certain things happen. It's just like a second world war, first world war, second world war. We are all expecting the third world war. Are you there? So, study, learning, I believe, is going to really help us. Amen. For preaching. Amen. Wisdom for preaching. Understanding for preaching. Counsel. Advice. Knowledge. If you want to preach well, you need to know things. Can't you see how a certain kind of light or bulb comes on when I give you knowledge that you didn't know? When I tell you Napoleon was 26 years old when he became a general? Can't you see that a certain type of light comes on? There is a certain type of power and effect that happens when you give knowledge. Yes. I once heard some pastors talking on a radio station and I could see how empty they were of knowledge. It revealed when people talk. And that is why people like to listen to people like Kweku Baku and others who come there with papers and facts and read documents. In 19, this, this happened and this happened. When these people handed over power, this is what you did. These are the cars that you are taking. This and that. Everybody wants to hear them because they are men of knowledge with papers and documents. And they speak. Yeah. That's why the news from abroad is interesting. Sky News. And seeing if Michael Jackson dies today, they will tell us knowledge. They tell us his monthly, his, his yearly expenses is four million pounds. His money that he pays to his wife that is divorced, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That's how much he pays to his divorced wife. His children are this, 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 and that. This one is from this. This one is like this. This one. I mean, all kinds of information. He owns this. He owns this. He owns this. He had this. He had this. He had this. Knowledge changes preaching. Not just. 
Isaiah, turn to Ezekiel, turn to, uh, this is, turn to Leviticus, turn to John, turn to Romans, turn to this. Yeah. Mussolini. Mussolini. You may not know how he came to power. But he came to power. He was one of Hitler's friends. He came to power because he was a very good speaker. He was a very good speaker. He speak and the people will listen to him. That's how come he got into power in Italy. And he became Hitler's friend. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Until the end of the war. He was shot and he and his wife were hung upside down in the, in the middle of Italy. Upside down with their legs. Yeah. But you see, knowing how to talk and what to say, people can see this a man of knowledge. So, knowledge for preaching. It's very important. If you don't want to know and somebody wants to know, do you get it? And the person gets to know. Why should he share everything that he has? Huh? Why are you laughing? Why should he share everything that he has with you? Who don't want to know anything? Huh? He has to leave you. To be in your world. You don't want to know and you don't care. Do you see? Or you don't see? Yeah. Strength for preaching. Amen. The Lord's style for preaching with stories as the Lord's style of preaching. Stories, windows. That's anointing for preaching. The spirit of Jesus, the spirit of the Lord, the Lord's way. What do you think? It's possible. It's possible to be a good preacher. It's possible to learn it. It's possible to change how you are. It's possible to improve. It's possible to be better. I know it. I know it. Amen. When you are, look, even in politics, people follow people who can talk. Yeah. No matter what you say about President Rawlings, uh, you, see, you, you have his critics who say, oh, he doesn't speak sense. He's confused. I've heard people calling him everything, mentally, abnormal, this and that. But he, he, you see, no matter what you say, he is, he was, he is a better speaker than almost every president that I've ever seen. When he stands and speaks and puts aside his paper, set a flash and let me say, whatever, whatever he says, you get it. Whatever he said, everybody wants to hear what he's going to say. That's why people follow. So if you just even look at that and you say that, ah, if a man without anointing, without whatever, he can speak in such a way that people want to follow him, then how much more a pastor who has the word of God, why doesn't he also learn how to speak in a particular way that will make people follow? Because even just the power of talking in a way makes people follow you. The power of talking in a way makes people follow you. So why don't you learn how to talk in there? Why don't you practice it? Why don't you practice it? So that you talk in a way that people will follow. Because people without anointing. 
people follow them. And you say you are anointed. And nobody is following you. <laughs> they followed Hitler. You should see Hitler with his speeches. You know, German, they don't walk around when they're talking. Just saying nothing. But you see, energy. Yeah. So why don't you also learn it? Strength. There's a certain strength. Not just shouting. See, there's a way of talking that is strong. But not necessarily shouting. Yeah. I don't shout when I'm preaching. Most of the time, I don't shout. I just talk. People look at me and say, is this preaching? Is this preaching? Yeah, it's preaching. That's what has its strength. That's its own style of strength. Yeah. So why don't you learn how to be one of the good speakers in the world? You can practice it. You know, one of the things that I, I was really surprised, you know, Michael Jackson, when he died, you know, it made me watch a lot of things that I haven't watched for some time. But one of the things that surprised me when I watched was when they were rehearsing to make the film Thriller. The rehearsal. Hey, you see him with the girl. You know, he, the girl walks like this. She learned how to walk like that. And you see Michael Jackson practicing how he would dance around her and how he would talk to her and so on. And you see them practicing. Also, I realize there's nothing that's natural. Everything has been practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. There is nothing that's just like the person speaks. Just, it just comes. <laughs> You, you don't want to practice. If I will spend all my time practicing, why should I share what I have gained from my practicing with you who doesn't want to practice to change how you are? Why should I share everything that comes to me? Why should I redistribute it? You see, that's a question that the white people are asking. Why should we redistribute our wealth to these people who don't want to rise up and lead themselves and develop themselves? Who don't care about their own people? Why should we redistribute the wealth? Why should we bring 10 ships of US dollars to come and park at Tema Harbor for them to redistribute all the money from America into Ghana? Why? Why? We won't do it. And that is why the poor countries are getting what? Poorer. Poorer. And the rich countries are getting what? Richer. Don't be angry with them. Don't be angry with them. Try to get understanding. And I'm talking about talking. Each of you must then have to be a charismatic speaker. Hitler. Mussolini. Rawlings. And who? Obama. Farrakhan, Clinton, all these people who rose into prominence, even Atta Kennedy, who you see as a whatever speaker, you should have seen him in Legon. 
1983, he led us to close down our university for one year. That man. A medical student. He stood on top of cafeteria and talked to us. And led us on the 7th of May, 1983, with Rollins Coffin and Rollins Effigy to circle, to go and burn it at circle. Let all the students, and I, I, mean, I didn't know what they were doing. I woke up in the morning. So, well, there's nobody in the school. When I opened up, when I looked out of my window, there was nobody in the school. Everybody had gone, police had gone to attack them at circle. And the whole everybody was dispersed. And that was the end of the school. For one year, we never reopened again. Yeah. Because of one person who can talk. And then he vanished, he, le- he left the country. So, speakers, I will not be surprised if you become a president one day. People who know how to talk, they, they always get people to follow them. So, you, you say you are a pastor, you want your church to be full. You won't even study people who preach. You will not practice like Michael Jackson practices. That moonwalk that he did, he had somebody teach him, and you see him practicing the thing like this, how to do it. He's practicing. But you don't want to practice. And the person who has practiced, and has become rich. They should do what? Redistribute all that came to him from his practice. No, 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 no. no. Oh, you are not getting the point. So why don't you practice preaching? Why don't you rehearse? Why don't you rehearse to change your behavior? Your style? Your words? Your knowledge? I'm talking about anointing for preaching. Why don't you improve what you are, how you are talking and how you are saying things? Why don't you come out of yourself? The whole of your town will follow you. Yeah. <laughs> the whole of your town will follow you. Only preaching alone is powerful. They're just talking. You hear people say, Oh, Rollins is this. He doesn't talk sense. He doesn't. Give me a break. Today, if President Rollins was to stand for election, all the, he will win by 70%. We will all vote for him to come. Yeah. You may not know. That's a fact. He's more popular than all these people that are. They win by 20,000 votes. You can hardly win. You can hardly win by the skin of their teeth. When he comes and he speaks, say, "Yeah, Chobai, Chobai, Ezamina." He kept this election. He went to Kaswa and he said, "Ezamina, Mina, Ezamina, Mina." I'm very bored. I tell him he's standing there, he's talking, and the people are happy. So, so you, you, you say you are a pastor. Why can't you make people be interested in what you are saying? Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You are so dull. Gosh. Gosh. You are so devoid. You are bereft. You are bereft of excitement. Do you understand bereft? Huh? You are bereft of all forms of excitement or happiness. Of charisma, it's not there. 
You want me to lay hands on? I said, I won't lay hands on you. I won't. I won't lay hands on you. What should I lay hands on you for? Go and read some books. <laughs> Rollins has led us for 20 years. The country has, was, after his 20 years leadership, we joined the highest, highest, most indebted poor countries after his leadership. And yet, if he stands again, even though we became the poorest nation on earth or whatever, after 20 years of his leadership, through his and other whatever, we are going to follow you. We are going to vote for you again. Come and save us again. So that we become the deepest, poorest ever possible nation on the whole world. So you, you have the Bible. You have hope. You have powerful things in there. You can't charm anybody. You are bereft of all charisma, all forms of zeal, all energy, all, I mean, oh. Yeah. If you are all, if you are good speakers, you get it. You'll be invited. Anybody who is famous in ministry is a good speaker. Eastwood, Bishop Duncan, William, anybody who can, who is, whatever the person does, he can to blow airs over people, whatever. He first and foremost, he's a good preacher. Yeah, he can talk in a way. Everybody will be charged. Yeah. Even if he doesn't say sense, he'll talk in a way. So that, yeah. TDJ, I mean, you name the person. So, preaching, you need anointing for preaching. Amen. Amen. The Lord's style, the fear of God for preaching. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? We have almost closed. The miracle ministry. You need your miracle ministry to be affected by the anointing. Amen. So the first one is you need your church growth to be affected by the anointing. The second one, you need your leadership to be affected by the anointing. The third one, you need your preaching to be affected by the anointing. And the fourth one, you need your miracle ministry to be affected by the anointing. Number one, you need the wisdom for miracles. Amen. Wisdom, which is history. When, uh, mira- when did miracles work? You get it. It is the same time that it will work. For- miracles worked when the people are a certain way. When they are humble. When they are poor. When they have problems. Miracle ministry works. Hmm? <laughs> and when they don't know you well. Hmm? <laughs> Anytime they know the pastor well and they begin to know the pastor well, miracle ministry has ended. Historically. Historically. Ask all Roberts. <laughs> ask all the healing evangelists whose ministry ended by 1950 and they couldn't do it again. 
unless they were the most die-hard people like A.A. Allen. Everybody ended. <laughs> yeah. When they know you well. Look at Bonk. He came to Nigeria in 2000. He had a comp- uh, crusade. 1.6 million people. Then he came back four years later or so. And he had the same crusade. The people didn't come. And they blamed it on Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn had come there. And they had had some programs there. So Benny Hinn has spoiled the ground. But you know, Benny Hinn has not spoiled the ground. Do you see? The people, the people know you. Uh-huh. They are used to you. Any time the people are used to you, you cannot easily have, so you cannot easily have certain type of miracle ministry. Yeah. Familiarity, city crowds. So that's why even when we are going to have a crusade in a city, we are more wary of that crusade than a village where the people are poor. We are more comfortable with the poor than with the rich. That's why you not see me in a crowd doing a crusade. <laughs> the crowd that I have in Obasi is six times the crowd of Accra, six times Accra Sports Stadium. Anyway, yes. So, in a night. Yeah. So, you will not see me in Accra Sports Stadium with these city people who have watched Pastor Chris on television, this person on TV, this one on this, this and that, that and that. They have a certain idea. My, oh, Bishop Dark, Lighthouse, this, that. Ah, look. <laughs> huh? Wisdom for miracle. Understanding for the miracle ministry. Amen. You need to understand it. That's why that book has been written. Miracle, Signs and Wonders. Some of you want to do miracles, but you need understanding for miracle ministry. When you can do a miracle ministry, you need, with, with, as, you, as you keep, you see, when I started to have the dry, when God told me, I've given you the anointing for miracles. That's rather when I started studying. I bought, I remember a particular book I bought called God the Healer. Christ the Healer or God the Healer. Very difficult to read. All these books are difficult to read. But you see, then understanding, 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 wisdom. I started to study the lives of people who ministered healing. To understand how were their personal lives. When I found how some of the greatest healers died. It gives you a confusing picture. What is the anointing to do a miracle. Why did Catherine Kuma, well, she was so sick when she was, people were being healed. A. Allen was so sick. So sick. But doing miracles. Why? Huh? Understanding. Why? Why? You need to understand that you, you will stop. You will stop right now. So you need understanding for the miracle ministry. Wisdom. You need information, knowledge, truth. Does God heal? Is it true? Is it true? That's why I have a book I can show you with x-rays. 
miracle services, arteriograms, scans. You see the scan before, you see the scan after. I have those books because those books minister truth to me. They minister the spirit of knowledge that it's true. God does do miracles. Miracles do happen. And I see the miracle and I really genuinely believe that they are miracles. Because knowledge has come to me. So knowledge, wisdom, understanding, counsel, advice. Amen? T.L. Osborne advised me. He said, just do it. Don't be spooky. Just go, go, just go. Don't be spooky. (laughs) Spirit of Jesus. The ministry and the miracles of Christ. For me, when I'm on a miracle crusade, I'm not so interested in the healing of hypertension. I'm not so interested in the healing of diabetes. I'm not so interested in the healing of chemically diagnosed illnesses. I'm more interested in the miracles that Jesus had. The healing of a madman. The healing of bleeding. The healing of blind eyes. The healing of a deaf and dumb. The withered hand. The bent over. The cripple. This is what I'm interested in. The raising of the dead. That's the style. That was the pattern of Jesus. These are the sicknesses that were notably recorded amongst others. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. Okay. So the miracle ministry affected and the fear of God. Amen. Amen. So I believe that we are blessed. Stand to your feet, everybody. Ah. Father, we are thanking you for your great blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Ask God for this spirit of wisdom, understanding in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Sit down, please. for six hours and come back at uh, what time? Six? Five thirty? Okay. Is that good enough for you? Workable? Okay, so or seven hours I believe we are taking a break. Seven and a half hours. So by five thirty, six latest, we are on the way. Welcome Bishop Saki to end the meeting. Praise the Lord. All right. So, like um, Bishop said, we, we, we need to be able to, we are closing early so that we can have enough rest. It's not chatting till 1 a.m. and then sleeping at 2 and coming and then with 30 minutes into the preaching in the morning or you're falling asleep. If there's a lot of sleeping, Bishop will stop preaching. Do you follow, do you, what are you saying? So, really take a rest. Sleep early. And those of you from town, the bus will leave by um, 5.15. Because it takes about 30 minutes to get here. Then we are here and then Bishop will start preaching. Exactly as said, by the grace of God, you start preaching. But kindly sleep early. Don't spend all the evening talking or making calls or whatever. And then you end up, then the, the, the purpose...